1: Chad Greenway, Grey Duck Vodka and Spirits weekly nine to noon. Kind enough to join us in the six five one Carpet Studio. What um, I forgot to uh, text you this after you left last Friday when we were at Twin Cities Orthopedics Performance Center. What What did you think of Lewis scene last week when we chatted with him? Unbelievably impressive.
2: I, Wasn't I I was it? I was uh, blown away. I mean, you come in it's kind of this big moment where he's walking through, and we're doing the radio show. He walks by, and we're trying to get him in, and and, um, you kind of see him walk by and I'm like, "Oh, he's bigger than I thought," and then I go stand up and we shake his hand and meet him before we go live on the radio. It's like he's a lot bigger than I thought right. he he is a he is well built then he gets on the mic, and you're like, "What an impressive dude i mean right. he he's got um kind of some some foresight and some thought um loves Harrison Smith, which we all love that, and his ability to play beside him and just his body type to me with the, and then seeing his ability to move on the field. Is just exciting because the Swiss Army knife. I'm envisioning him blitzing him, envisioning him covering him, walking down on the nickel. I'm envisioning maybe he. I think he can do a lot of things well for us. Um, and the part that I love the most is he's just cool. Yeah, he's just like calm, cool. Been there, done that. Played at Georgia with all these thoroughbreds. Like win the national title. Like come here right to play.
1: And so. that they're and they're not all cut and or wired like you. You know, so like you're you're oh six. You're a rookie from Iowa, and that's when I first met you. In a situation like that, day after being drafted in the first round, yep. you know, and and you're well spoken and you have thoughtful answers, you're engaging with your answers. Well, then there are then there are pe- players like you know, with all due respect, Trey Wayne's. I mean, it's yep. like when we did it with Trey couldn't have wanted to be there last <laughs> Right. right. And, and so i come across players like that too and yep. you know you're you're lockered and or in locker rooms next to a lot of different players and and when you come across the genuine article like like you or louis scene and or players who who are generally or genuinely eyes are wide open Yep. what a blessing this is i've been thinking about it forever yes it happened oh my god i'm on the radio and it's 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 you know it's not some top it's not some thirtieth market. I mean we're we're on the radio in a big market with a big team. I'm yep. about ready to play for. Yep. You just don't come across people like that
2: often in pro sports. Yeah, you four a.m. wake up, jump on a flight, get up here, and, and then boom, you're in the building. You're meeting all these people, shaking hands. You're you're, you're the guy, right? Um, and he jumps on the radio and acts like he's been there a million times. <laughs> and uh, I think it, you get the impression that the moment's not too big yeah. that like I was built for this. And I think his path to get here is interesting and exciting because. Um, it's not your normal, you know, atypical path. I mean, he bounced around, um, you know, the Haitian sensation, and uh, jumps up to what Boston, and then out to Texas, plays for Neon Dion, and yeah, and, uh, you go to Georgia, win a national title, and now you're in Minnesota. Yep, um, well traveled and well spoken and um, well played, I think, uh, by our, by Erquesy. Our yeah, his um
1: his path um he is definitely full of experience. The Haitian sensation from the island nation, then. And- Somehow he ends up in Boston, mm-hmm. and then then he's coached by Dion Sanders.
2: Yeah, in love high it, school. love it.
1: Then he goes to Georgia and plays for one of the great defenses in the history of college football. Then he's a first round pick. What a great story! Um Now, now for you playing at Kinnick, I mean, mm. big big time Saturday night games at Kinnick against Penn State or Ohio State or whomever. I mean, that that's phenomenal. But like outside of that. Uh, this is your nostalgia leader, the fan of KFAN, Doc. <laughs> I've been very nostalgic this morning. Outside of that, like, where are some places you play? Because I'm thinking Louis seen mm-hmm. he played in Athens. And, yep. You know, then you got uh, then you got Gainesville and the cocktail party. Yep. And you have LSU and then, like, Death Valley or whatever it's called. Like, outside of Kinnick on a Saturday night against Beanie Wells,
2: or some elite I'm too old for that. Dang or, it! <laughs> Go keep going
1: back. Art Schleister,
2: <laughs> not that far.
1: Art Schleister, well, How they only win by four? Okay, we can talk about that later. Uh, but anyway, like where? Where are some cool places yeah. that you played in college where you'll never forget?
2: Uh, you know, you know, we really didn't play anything exotic out of out of conference. We were. This is a funny one. Miami, Ohio. Oxford, Ohio. Drove through the cornfield to play Ben Roethlisberger in Miami, Ohio. And that Martin was Martin Nance. That was yes, yes, exactly Martin right. Martin Nance on a double move back in 03, <laughs> in, uh, yeah. in that range. Um, that Nance was on fun. a double move <laughs> on Bob Sanders <laughs> yeah. and Schleister just cashed me over. <laughs> and we uh, that was a fun spot. But you know, Big Ten travel like to Penn State at night is is unbelievable. That crowd gets going. Um, it's just on top of you. Ohio State, we played there twice. Took two L's. Um, at that place, that is a imposing facility there. The horseshoe. Yeah. I mean, it's (laughs) of all the big 10, I'd say Penn state, Ohio state are my two, the two toughest to go into and play. Um, won at Penn State twice, lost at Ohio State twice, then went to the big house, and I was, you know, all the Michigan fans are going to go crazy, but it was not as impressive as those other two I spent, you know, really? as I just said. I mean, just not as loud. It's just sort of like a Norm Parker, old DC, um, who's passed now, but was just a legend in the Big Ten, sort of said it right. When you stand in midfield in the 50 yard line and you stand on your tippy toes, you almost feel like you can look out over the top. Yeah. That's how wide and spread out it is. Yep. Whereas, as a, as you know, been in million football stadiums is the more the more vertical they are and on top of you. Oh, yeah. the louder the no, the noise just crashes down Soldier on top of Field, you. Yeah, Seattle, yep. Arrowhead, Seattle, my goodness. But like Green Bay is is Ann Arbor.
1: I yep. mean, it's the big house yep. where it's packed all the time. You know, and you got football immortality there with the fans and and the benches, and yep. the bleachers. But nevertheless, it just it. it I'm never left. Overwhelmed at how loud it was, you know. Yeah,
2: Camp Randall is similar to actually, I would I would say Camp Randall and um, Lambo are similar in the fact that they built the press boxes up to sort kind of trap in all the all the noise, and it kind of keeps you there. Um, but I, I'm interested in a question for you. I I heard um, through the grapevine that at Dunkers yesterday mm-hmm. we had our two favorite boys in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I've carry, done
1: Dunkers a bunch of times. Carry,
2: first of all, fun. Been there a couple well, times. it's cool, cool cool spot. With all due respect to everybody uh, with whom
1: I've done it. The, this was absolutely the most fun yeah. with the biggest crowd interviewing whatever immortality that, yep. that I've ever had working with Duncan.
2: I, and I talked to uh, our friend, uh, two, time for two more, Bob Hagen yesterday. Mm-hmm. Was out of TCO, and um, he said it best. I mean, these two just, they they get it. They understand. They, they're great on the mic. They can explain what they're doing, the process, and they have really good synergy right now. My question was: Is what was the crowd like? Because you know, you get the you know this graph, this draft grade process, and all the L's that people think we took. And um, you know, I don't have; I'm not going to have a strong opinion one way or the other. I was curious to know how the room, and it, was there any questions to the room, or was this all sort of uh, put together? Time for two more. There yeah, we go. There yeah, he is. Yeah, with
1: Bob, I mean, we we kind of went over that ahead of Dunkers. It was like you know. I know it begins at 7.30, but is there any chance you can get there early and we can talk about your questions? And you know I'm a nervous Nelly, so if you can get there at 7.05, oh. it'd be great. Time for two more. Um, uh, it was the biggest crowd at dunkers I've ever seen, mm. and what I did was, because we do take questions, and yep. it's not like, you know, this is a private situation, even, you know, Kevin O'Connell was dropping some things that were, were not public, like, you know, a potential summer inter-squad scrimmage against another NFC team, stuff like that. It was- but that's why you're there. That's right. the whole point, right? But see, you know Love what? It. And and now that I think about it, like when Kevin, you know, because Ben Roethlisberger, uh, not Ben, Ben Gessling from the uh, Star oh, Tribune, yeah. and I think, I think, you know, uh, he picked up on something and put it on Twitter yesterday that, that the Vikings and Niners may get together for an inter-squad scrimmage. Mm. And and then subsequently the Niners would be here for a home preseason game. It's, I mean, you've played for and or worked with a lot of different personalities over many years. As have I, from Mike Tice through what we and what I liked about Kevin is when he dropped what he dropped, he knew he wasn't supposed to say it yeah. after he said it, but he didn't freak out. Yep. And he didn't act all like looking around right, right, right. and there's Andrew Miller, the chief operating officer. Oh my god. Yeah. I still get to keep the job? <laughs> it wasn't like that. It was yeah. I mean, it was loose yep. and it was fun yep. and, and and his answers, Kevin's answers, were just they were so thoughtful and so you know, elongated yep. and detail-oriented. And his wife, Leah, was there. And, you know, I'm listening to him explain something, and and he's getting emotional with it. Mm-hmm. And then he's done, and I look at Leah and say, if, if, if and or when this team wins the Super Bowl, Miss Leah, he's going to be a puddle.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you're going to have to
1: bring a spatula and, like, a shovel or something I to, love to get him off the field. I love that. I love that, too. Yeah. It, it, it now that I'm getting to know it better and feel it better mm-hmm. and, and, and you played for Zimmer, man, and, and you had some good times with Zimmer and yeah. he put you in really good positions defensively. And, and Mike, Mike's a defensive savant. I mean, he is a genius when it comes to third and whatever and yep. just overall defense and going on the grind. So, you know, I mean this with all due respect, but, you know, all when, when, when Spielman and Zimmer were let go, and it's not like they were the pinpoint people for what I'm about to say, but when it comes to, a culture of happiness and, Positivity and and hey Kirk, the door's wide open and you got the fidgety gene and we're yeah. gonna work through <laughs> that and you know as opposed to get your feet right, yeah. throw the ball to the right guy and get out of my effing office. What yep. am not saying? It was like that exactly, right?
2: Yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you're saying. Yeah, but
1: I, but the more I'm around them yep. because now now I've I've interacted with with Quasi four times and Kevin about three or four and I'm off Monday, so I'm going to get out there for organized team activities and now that they're on the field, get a chance to uh, to see how that kind of works a little bit. It, I I'm feeling it, you know. I'm I'm feeling what what they said was needed. Yep. What you, you know, but in fairness, being old school, best school like you, is there are no games right now. Right. And 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 nothing counts. Everything's easy. Okay. So when the games start to count. Yep. That's when I have seen, with the exception of Leslie Frazier. Okay, Leslie was the same if it was three and thirteen or if you're trying to get Joe Webb ready for a playoff game at Lambeau.
2: Yeah. Leslie always was the Unless same. And that's Percy Harvin's in the same way. So room. was Daryl
1: Bevel. <laughs> yeah, Beth. Yeah, Bev was the evil Beville was and uh, was always the same. Yep. yep. Why you saw Leslie meltdown on Percy? Excuse me. Wow. Excuse me. Like don't tell me Leslie oh. uttered a curse word. Oh yes. <laughs>
2: Only time I've ever heard it in how many years I was with Leslie is yeah. eight. Eight nine whatever it wow, was, so, unbelievable. So he
1: said, "Damn."
2: Yeah, he said <laughs> he said some craziness, and yeah. uh, Percy came at him sideways. And Percy was in Seattle shortly after. So let me how guess, that was right a now. weight
1: room situation. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh,
2: training room actually. Training room, but, right? Yes.
1: Uh, that's Chad Greenway, Grey Duck Vodka, Grey Duck Spirits. We appreciate you. Uh, around the corner, uh, some uh, some things to chat about uh, to continue the uh, the Minnesota Vikings draft conversation. Put an end to it because uh, it's the first time we've seen Chad since the Vikings drafted uh, on Friday and or Saturday and traded in the second round with Green Bay. Uh, we're going to get into all of that coming up shortly. And here's Double B in the old cash
0: thing. That cash thing, the fan and MNC exper- exteriors are trying to put a grand in your hand with our national cash contest Head to KFA.com, enter that keyword, fun. That is fun for your shot to win a grand in your hand. Keyword, fun. More than I knew. What if you could have a
1: career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. up now, 9 to noon, 1025. Bill Guerin, general manager of the Minnesota Wild, uh, 15 minutes from now. Let's go lickety-split with 52, Chad Greenway. They traded in the second round with the Green Bay Packers. And uh, uh Adolfo Mensa, general manager for the Vikings, joined 9 to noon Monday. And the way he laid it out was, look, the team right behind us was trading, and we knew it. And teams around us were trading, and we knew it. So yep. I, I was kind of like... Uh, why shouldn't we be the team to do this and amass some more picks, which we need? So in theory and pragmatically speaking, I get it and I agree. Yeah. But it's unprecedented in the first or second round to trade with the team with the Hall of Fame quarterback that's the team to run down in the division.
2: Yeah, I, I didn't love that at all. Um, I was just like there's certain X's you got to put on teams and say, we're not going to trade with them. I don't care what they're offering. Well, we'll look at a couple for first-round picks maybe. But other than that, we're not doing it. Um, it happened. We have to move on. But now we have to deal with those picks. And that's the thing is like it's one thing to tra- – you know he did what he did and we're moving on. We're past it. But now you got to deal with those guys. Let's just hope that he busted that pick. Let's just hope that happened. Let's just, cr- just sit across this and have a quick prayer on that one because we don't want to deal with, uh, we don't want to deal with, uh, what'd you, would you, uh, liken him to? Well, it's, um,
1: I'm a Christian Watson, NDSU. Yeah. And I just, yeah. you know, I don't know enough
2: about everything
1: he did at NDSU. Yeah to like, you know, make a proclamation, oh, you know, steal of the draft. But, uh, you know, everything I watched, mm-hmm. it's like I told you last week in the 50-50 ball situation, I'm watching Sydney Rice. Yep. Now Sydney, you know, Sydney glided, but he was faster than people thought. Yep. He was very good off the line of scrimmage. Yep. I don't know if Christian is, I don't know what his route running's like. I just know when it's a 50-50 ball against Andrew Booth Jr., <laughs> mm-hmm. who was one of the, who was it was the second round pick by the Vikings and and acquired after a trade with Indy, with the picks we got from Green Bay and stuff like that, when it's Andrew Booth Jr. versus Christian Watson, let's that, go. Booth. That's the 2022 draft, yeah. right there. And and I can't wait for that moment. But um, but yeah, they to to just to finish your question about dunkers is is the the people at dunkers they're, they're going to ask questions. They somebody absolutely is going to ask a question about trading with the Green Bay Packers. So I I kind of quelled, I kind of squelched that early, but. Yep. You know, we um, can't remember how I started out, but it was like NFL trading deadline, is November 2nd. So, I mean, you still (laughs) got ample time to hit that trifecta and trade with (laughs) Chicago. Okay. Now I thought that was a wonderful way to start. Yeah. The laughter, maybe because it was early. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the laughter wasn't really as robust as I thought it would be yeah. to break the yeah, ice. So I'm like, Hey, Uh-oh. I'm looking, I'm looking at Hagen at the front table. And I suggest <laughs> you, you start with something else and maybe uh. talk about Lewisine <laughs> and how smart he is in time for two more. Uh. I'm like, Damn it. So then I'm like, um, all right, watch, we're going to take questions, uh, Kwezy and Kevin. And, um, Watch people cross out a question after I ask this. You traded with Green Bay. I mean yeah. not in the third round or beyond the second round. Right. So people you know, so I kind of broke the ice with that. Got it. Self, and, like a
2: self deprecating the joke, you yeah, throw you something in saying? there. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta break the ice with something. So it's, right. it's and you get him a little bit off the hook because you're not there to gr- you're not there to grill him. I mean this is a this is a fun event for our home team that people love Correct. and want to get behind and support a new regime that people want to talk about and be Correct. excited about. And I think The way we see them interact and the way that I was told that they interacted even again yesterday was it was unbelievable. These these two are in step and in line. And I know this from the triangle of power to uh, what appears to be that the communication sort of started to lack with Spielman and Zim is you have to have that communication at the top and be on the same page. Even if you disagree to find that common ground to say, well, this is our direction. Here's where our future lies. Here's how we get to where we want to get to. And this is our path. And, um, you know, it's the first draft. It's the first time we've kind of lifted the veil of what this is going to look like. And I'm still excited about it. I'm excited about because of the personalities that they are. And I want to get behind them. I want to root for them. And I'm excited. That, like you said, they're allowing alumni maybe back in over at TCO. I want to come take a look at that. Uh, you at mean OTA's. like practice? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not practicing, but no, I'll get I mean, to, come to watch, watch yes. practice
1: like non-media. Yeah, I hope, I hope they have me back. Not speaking for the team. I can't see that being a problem. Yeah. I mean, be, because the the. The uh, and and again, maybe I shouldn't go that far down the road with it, but I a I didn't know it was a problem before. I don't think it was. No, just COVID, just
2: COVID L's. That's that's just the COVID L's. Westy will take care of me. We know Tommy will get us in there. Yeah, I just want to come watch. Yeah, I want to come see at the. I want to come. I want to come see and feel and hear the vibe. Well, I'm gonna go out there Monday if you want to stop by and just say hi. Yeah, that sounds good. But I mean,
1: it's OTAs
2: early on the field, but you can tell, and this is what this is why I'm going to say it is. I I talked to a couple guys. Um, current guys before the Wolves game, the play in game, and the vibe that they were talking about was just different, mm-hmm. looser, talking about culture, talking about a foundation of who we're trying to be. Not talking, you know, not walk in the first day, hey, I'm your coach, let's talk X's and O's and scheme. It was a week of let's build this thing and just build a relationship and understand where we're trying to head and why, and let's build this culture from the ground up. And I think that's the part for me that I'm excited about because you're going to feel that on the field at OTAs. And you can get a sense. Now, again, Nick, you brought it up earlier. Um, we're not taking L's yet. We're not, getting, we're not getting punched in the mouth and taking an L and have to respond to that. But it's good to see where these players are at now and what this new regime is talking about and looking like. I'm excited about it. Bill Guerin, GM for the Wild, about 10 minutes
1: from now. Time, Let's go. Time for two more. Uh, LSU right guard Ed Ingram was taken in the second round. Yep. So, like, if you're playing on the team and you don't know anything about Ed Ingram and you play defense but you're following the draft and you want the Minnesota Moving Company which by the way is improving quickly with nice tackles Darius on Yep. Ezra Cleveland playing guard god bless him i mean he's put a lot of time into it and got good last last yep. year man I mean, he's done he's done he's done really good at a new position uh but like if you're following it with Ingram LSU second round what, would you think he has to win the job at right guard because he's a
2: second rounder? He's got to be in the conversation. I mean, it's a second round pick. You have to be fighting for those spots, even if you don't get it immediately. Day one, if you're, mm-hmm. you you want to be the guy that's saying, hey, this is our swing guy to start. We're going to get him reps. He's going to get five, six, seven starts this year. Love the pick. Love he played in the SEC. Um, love that he 's seen that speed um you know already now he 's coming the in the game that 's the fastest game out there can he can he adjust um you know and can he adjust to the scheme that we 're going to run? Can we get out of delvin's way and, and let him get some yards? I love the pick um I thought the timing of the pick was really good um i, I like the player uh I, you know I think he's got to compete though
1: and now you know with um with with an offensive lineman they took later um a cat 's name is Vidarian Lowe. I uh, behemoth offensive lineman from um uh, from from Illinois. They took him in the 6th round. That that's and and there's no guarantee this cat's going to work out in any way, but yep. that's the situation. We just couldn't get right here for a long time. Yep. Yep. Deep draft yep. offensive lineman yep. and and if you look at teams winning the Super Bowl and teams that are good stuff that's like, that's the secret sauce right yeah, there, man. You hit,
2: you hit that guy that's going to be a swing guy to start or a guy to start as a two, and he's going to come up and he's going to replace said guy starter who's going to get hurt because it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And then he stops in and all of a sudden he plays for four or five years and has a nice little career because you found him in the sixth round out of maybe a nondescript school. And all of a sudden he shows up and can play. Yeah, And uh, I love that. And I, and I think you're right. Is that's where you develop your depth and you find starters. You do. You find long term, especially in the offensive line. You found guys that didn't get the opportunity. Maybe they're out of position in college. You come in, you find a new mm-hmm. spot because um, the game translates differently for everybody. They see things differently. Maybe move inside or out. Sometimes, yeah, go inside out to, to tackle, which is a hard transition. But a lot of times you go outside to in, right? You go find that guard position, and, and you get you can uh, have some success. Middle ish of your career, but
1: back in like uh, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Is this around, a ponder question around there? No, but, okay, but Christian Christian <laughs> Christian was the quarterback for the team yeah, at the time. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Fusco. Mm-hmm. I'm quite fond of Brandon. Love it. Slippery rock, deep pick, like sixth round. And Brandon battled some injuries, specifically when he went to Atlanta. But Brandon was that kind of guy yep. where where he you know he started a bunch of games, including a playoff game. Yep. And if you kept working with him, and if he avoided the the injury, L... Then
2: he could have been one of those guys. Yeah, you missed it though. It's something called Slippery Rock uh, when you say when you announce <laughs> right. that. But yeah, we Ow. we saw Slippery Rock. Where is that? You know, hit the Google Maps real quick Ow. and see what is, this is. Where is it? Pennsylvania. Yeah, Pennsylvania. Okay. Yeah. But uh, he has one of the best draft day stories I can tell off air of all time. Really? Um, but but Fusco was the perfect example of can you find that guy who is pretty raw, has a ton of ability, hard nose, wants to learn, and give you good years and give you good starts and be a solid player. That's that's. You have to hit those to have success because you're going to have injury. Uh, in closing, with um, uh, with the offensive line and or
1: uh, Gray Duck this weekend, mm-hmm. Anthony Herrera, he... He was another one of those guys from Tennessee. Love him.
2: Undrafted. Yes. Scrappy and lasting. Mean, mean too. Right. Um, uh, With Grey Duck this weekend tonight, what you got going on? Yeah, nothing specifically this weekend, but we have our new Seltzer Quack Pack that has hit stores this week.
1: Quack Pack, The Quack Pack.
2: Let's go for it. Go with
1: that Quack Pack. Four
2: new flavors. Um, We have a little apple, banana, kiwi, mango, and watermelon. Uh, Look for them now. We now are up to 11 total Seltzer flavors that are in stores. Um and two new announcements. We announced this week we're partnering with uh the Minnesota Aurora, which is so exciting. Our women's soccer team that's coming here, professional team. Yes, they'll sir. be playing out at TCO Stadium, which is awesome. awesome. And I cannot wait for that. Uh we're also gonna have a gray duck deck. So you're familiar with our Target Field, Grey Duck deck at Target at Target Field with the Twins, we will have one at the Minnesota Aurora games, so make sure you get out and support that. Um so yeah, we're just telling man, it's gonna be an awesome spring. This summer's gonna be absolutely a vibe. So uh, Gray Duck, go get some, go find some, share it with your friends. Appreciate you, brother. Yeah, thank you.
1: Chad Greenway, former linebacker for the Minnesota Vikings, one of the great tacklers in the history of Vikings football. He was a linebacker for the New Schoolers. Uh, he joins the Feast each and every Friday. Bill Guerin, GM Wild on Game 3, and the series that has been around the corner, it's K- KFAN. Open in front, Erickson Eck dangled in front.
2: He scores! What a goal! Joel Erickson Eck off the giveaway! His second of the night, and it's 4-0 just like
1: that! And a huge golfer, Minnesota. The smiles on the faces of the players tells you everything about this game right now. What's going on now? 10:42. Let's go back to St. Louis and uh, chat with one of our favorites. This is is Bill Guerin, general manager for the Minnesota Wild, game 3 this evening shortly after 8:30 uh with uh Joe and Tom FM 100.3 KFAN after uh Bill's Wild blew out the Blues in game 2 after getting shut out in game 1 and you know re- really Bill, I mean you look at uh, the hockey is so different with the puck lock and you know the physical nature of it and everything and the special teams, you know with uh power plays and PK and stuff like that. Where is it possible to look at the shutout than what took place game number two and like get a handle on game three and and how it should go this uh this looks like it could be a long series and good morning
3: yeah good morning um yeah i, I don't really think you can predict like what what's really gonna happen i mean you know we've had two games and two games of totally different looks and um you know I, I think you see it in a lot of other uh series too you know you, you look at calgary Dallas you know Calgary shuts them out on nothing game one, then Dallas comes back and shuts them out in game two <laughs> you just don't know like so we we just have to we have to think about our team and our game and what we need to do to be successful and um and go out and execute
1: you watch um you watched that uh Predators abs game last night.
3: No, I didn't watch that one uh, as much. I caught some of the highlights, but I was uh, watching the other game.
1: Yeah, that just, I mean, that just kind of like what you guys did in game two. And, you know, I mean, the I think the shutout in game one is is more different or non-obvious than, than what you guys did in game two. Um, in, in other words, as it develops, you know, we'll see which way it goes. But, like, Nashville just, I mean, af- after Colorado had six goals in, like, four minutes in game one, it's just that these that that's one of the things I love about sports and specifically hockey. Nashville emptied the freaking tank last night with four checks and everything and lost in overtime and still couldn't get by. But that's, you know, you guys emptied the tanking game, too, man. And and, you know, taking a punch, you're you're you delivered a punch and opened up uh three zero. Then it's four two. They're on the power play. People are getting nervous because that's what we do and then you re-engaged and blew them out. I mean, to be able to take that punch and fire back, I I think that was a big step game, too. Do you?
3: Yeah, I I definitely do, and I I think the biggest thing is that it gives our team confidence. Um, You know, I mean, there's just so much talk about, like, oh, you know, they haven't beat the Blues in so many games. Who cares? (laughs) You know, like, we, we, we can... We can beat them at any given night, and we did, and, you know, they can beat us any given night. So we, we just have to we have to prepare tonight like nothing's happened in the series. It's a new game, and, and you just keep moving on. No matter if you win a game or lose a game, you just keep moving on. And, um, you know, like, like I said before, we just have to focus on our game and what we feel is going to give us success.
1: Is that a strength with Dean Everson? The, the you know, putting a win or a loss in a box, pushing it off to the side, and getting everybody mentally squared away for the next one?
3: Yeah, I do. I think, you know, you, I think everybody knows Dean and his personality now. He's an OBS guy. Uh, you know, hey, guys, you know, <laughs> great effort in game two, but, you know, game three is tonight, and we got to be ready. We can't just sit here and... and you know, and enjoy that one too long. So let's let's just move on and get back to business. Wait
1: a second the um, the the one year you played with St. Louis. The the bastard year was St. Louis. It was <laughs> was that Perron's year, or did he come in after?
3: Um, no, actually, uh, when I got traded to San Jose that year, yeah. San Jose gave them a first round pick. Oh. And they used that. They use that to pick David Perron.
1: Okay, right. How about that, man? I mean, you know, yeah. you your 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 last your your last run in the league was twenty ten. Perron comes into the league yeah. in oh seven. Ryan Carter, mutual friend of ours, he wins the cup with Anaheim early in his career in oh seven. Perron comes in, you get traded, you still play a few more years, and here's Perron still playing. <laughs> uh, that that's phenomenal. Yeah.
3: don't you think that's phenomenal? I do, yeah. It's uh it's, it's a fun way of looking at things. You know, that keeps you know, for me anyways keeps me connected to, to the game. <laughs> I guess maybe I'm I know I'm old, but maybe I'm not that did,
1: old. did you did you ever squabble or get into a fight uh, in the latter stages of your career? With somebody like Perron, somebody who's still in the league?
3: Um, no. Well, uh, my last year of my career, I had five fights, and I one of them was against Ryan Getflap, who just retired. Oh yeah. And then I think everybody else, if I could, I think everybody else is probably gone.
1: You know, I think, I think Getzlaff, uh, I, I chatted with David Backus within, um, the last two or three months, um, for a, a podcast I do called Faith and Goal. And, and when, when Backus was right at the end of his career, and I can't remember who the GM was with Anaheim, but, um, the GM, I think, had a problem with Backus. And, um, so David is, he's coming to Minnesota, you know, where he's from, and, and he's going to be a healthy scratch. And it's like back to back games against Minnesota. And I think it was Getzlaff. Before a morning skate or right after saying, Here's the deal. If you don't put because Anaheim was out of the playoffs and is right at the end of the year and gets laughs like, if you don't play him in one or both of these games, then I all of a sudden have a mysterious injury that happened to me a morning skate and I'm not playing in either one of these games. And I, I thought that was really cool when a captain, when somebody, you know, does something like that
3: for another player. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, especially with a guy like Backus too. Like, you know, I mean, Getzlaff's a, a really good guy too. But David Backus is an A plus human being. Like, and I don't think anybody would want to see him disrespected or anything. So. I'm, I'm not surprised
1: to hear something like that. You, um, um, you, you being from the Massachusetts area, uh, you come into the game with New Jersey. You played in Canada uh, with Edmonton for a few years, and and that pretty much was your only run in Canada. But you played in all the places. So, like, is with with Toronto, Montreal, Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver, Winnipeg, all of the Canadian markets. Are they all the same with the fan bases? Are they all just like on top of you and and just loud and just loving it every minute?
3: Uh, yeah, I mean, some places are, are more than others, but yeah, they, I mean, it's real. They're really passionate. Um, you know, when I played in Edmonton, there's, you know, that's that's the one thing. I know they have the Eskimos up there, the the, the CFL team, but it doesn't it doesn't compare to you know, following the Oilers and following hockey. And when you're in Montreal or Toronto, like it just, it's huge. There's nothing else to, you know, to to compare it to. So people are, they follow it closely. They're, they're passionate about it. And um, yeah, it's, it's not all, it's not the easiest thing playing in markets like that. It it can be, it can be tough. There's a lot of pressure.
1: Now, holy cow, with St. Louis, you played with Doug Wade. Wow, what a good centerman yeah. Doug Waite was. Holy cow. Oh, you played with Backus. He was on your team.
3: Yeah, he was a kid. He was, he wow. was coming in the league.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. And you played with Martin <laughs> Rusinski, And and for Perron, you know, when he got into his first game against the Wild, he has 18 goals against the Wild. All 18 felt like they were in game one, but we can forget about that. Uh, <laughs> and, but in 07, his first game against the Wild, the Blues beat the Wild 3-2. He assisted on a goal to Martin Rusinski. And subsequently has kind of been a thorn in the proverbial side of Minnesota. I know he's really good on the power play. Uh but um, you know, regarding tonight and and their their goaltender, the inexperienced Husso, it's he gets a shutout and he looks like uh, Jake Allen, a combo between Jean Sebastian Giguere, Ken Dryden, and Jake Allen. And then he's vulnerable in game two because he's a kid, and it's only his second playoff game. A uh, big night for Husso tonight because he gets the home crowd. But as you know, Bill, sometimes that makes younger players more nervous, right?
3: I mean, I, I guess, but at this level, I, I think I think the guys are fine. I mean, <laughs> that's that's why you make it this far is because you can handle situations like this. And right. you know, for for him, you know, he still played. Uh, you know, he he led in five. You know, there was an empty netter, but you know what? He he still made some big saves. Like he's. He's a good goalie and you can't you just can't take anything for granted. I mean it you just don't know what you're gonna get. So like I said, you just we can't worry about things like that and like reading into it and all that stuff. We have to expect their best and his best tonight. And and for that we have to prepare to to bring our best.
1: Manny legacy was your goalie with the blues. Who so Martin yeah. Martin Brodeur, that's the best goalie with whom you
3: played, right? Yes. Well, you
1: got Flower, though. I mean, Flower's HOF yeah. with three yeah. cups.
3: Yeah. I mean, if you look at stats and everything, like I played with some good goalies. played with Curtis Joseph, too, and hmm. he, he was he was awesome. Well, you play, yeah, I played with some great goalies.
1: You played with Toe Blake, didn't you?
3: <laughs> with that?
1: You played with Toe Blake, didn't you? I'm just kidding.
3: To- yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're a riot.
1: <laughs> Toe Blake, Dick Irvin. I mean, it's like I'm watching this Billy Huso radio, whatever his name is. And then I'm like, oh, my God. I mean, are we dealing with Toe Blake, Dick Irvin, Ken Dryden, Bernie Wolf? Who are we dealing with here? This is crazy that, that this guy shut us out. So I'm glad uh, they hung a crooked number on them. Hey, um, with that St. Louis team, all of a sudden I'm super obsessed uh, with your 0607 run in St. Louis, Bill Guerin. Uh, the Perot kid, Joel or Joel Perot, a center. Any relation yeah. to Gilbert?
3: I don't think so. I I, I don't know. <laughs> did, did did you I, I wasn't I wasn't here long enough to really get to know anybody.
1: Yeah yeah and congratulations too. Uh but um did you um uh with uh with like Bob with uh, bad radio in Dallas on the ticket, Bob Sturm, did you ever get old school St. Louis Blues questions about the potential of Gilbert Perot's nephew playing on your same line? Probably not, right? No, no, not at all. Billy, off games one and two, like, like what are you looking for tonight? I mean, trained eye, expectations, or is it just like we've come this far, we know what we have, let's just roll it out there and see what happens. But specifically, what do you want to see accomplished tonight?
3: Well, I want us to build off the last game. I mean, you know what, I want us to be aggressive and, you know, and, and, and play physical, but keep try to keep the game five on five because they have really good special teams. And, um, you know, that's the biggest thing. Just keep the game five on five and, and play our game.
1: What, uh, what, what have you thought about Tyson Jost during the postseason? really since uh, after you traded for him? I, I, I love the kid.
3: Yeah, I think he's been great. I really do. You know what? He saw him block that shot the other night. That was not easy to do. And, you know, he, he, Took a couple big hits just to make some little plays, and um, you know he, he's he's handling the puck. He's do, doing everything we're asking him to do, and I, you know, like I, I, I think he's been, I think he's been excellent.
1: Keith Kachuk, holy cow, Kachuk, Wait, yeah. Backus, Garin. How the heck did this team have to fire a coach middle of the season? Some
3: good Americans on that team. They always stunk.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Barry uh, Jackman. Wow. All right, you're the the best. Hey, thanks for the time, Um, ma'am. I'll give you a call soon, and good luck to the squad tonight, all right? Thanks a lot, PA. Have a great day. Appreciate you. Bill Guerin, general manager for the Wild. That's fantastic. Uh, Five minutes before 11 o'clock. Open open segments in the final hour. Uh, What we're going to do, I'm going to chat some Vikings football. I'm going to mix it up uh, with Double B, a bona fide Wild fan, and like a couple of rubes having hot takes at happy hour with Isaac. Uh, we're going to chat. Uh, we're going to chat out the Wild game tonight, some Stanley Cup playoffs. I've been watching a lot, and um, also if uh, if we have any talkbacks regarding the Minnesota Wild, the Minnesota Vikings, or per my request earlier, um, if um if if take a look at the Kentucky Derby and the names that um uh, that unfurls tomorrow at six o'clock. And um take those names, and is there any way you can tie it via the talk back to k f a Enter nine to noon um uh and and from an entertainment standpoint or a, or a a hilarity standpoint or look at the derby and you know spend your thirty seconds selling me on on a horse that you like uh we we can do that too, but uh that talkback feature uh that um that innovative talkback feature at the free iHeartRadio radio app is uh you know i've been here nearly a quarter century and it honestly is one of the coolest things that um, that I've come across in, in my time here. I just love it because it, it gives listeners the opportunity to to get their points across in truncated fashion. And if they don't like it, they can redo it. So therefore, it's not, you know, it's not. Cause I, I'm not confrontational, argumentative kind of guy. I just never have been and never probably never will be. So the last thing I want to do is really argue on the radio and like get mad and all hot and bothered and everything and throw a childish tantrum. So therefore, when you hear the talk back, you can react to it and stuff. And so that, uh, that talk back's there for you, whatever's on your mind into the weekend. But uh, I'd love for somebody to get clever uh, with the uh, horses in the Kentucky Derby and tie them to FM 100.3 KFAN or the nine to noon radio show. And uh, we'll get into all of that around the corner,
0: don't Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond.